0: Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where 21st century educators come to share, learn, and be inspired. We believe in the growth mindset, creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and strategic uses of education technology. Our mission is to share news and views from teachers who are crushing it in the classroom and making a difference for learners everywhere. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's jump into today's episode. Today I'm speaking with Caitlin Giordano. Caitlin is a sixth grade language arts teacher, writer, coffee enthusiast, and cat lady. Find more of her thoughts at curriculumcoffee.com, a written shot of espresso for educators. Caitlin, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education?
1: I'm so ready.
0: That's awesome. Why don't we begin by telling us about your current teaching or education situation?
1: So right now, I'm teaching sixth grade language arts in uh, Sugar Grove, Illinois, Caneland Harder Middle School, go Knights. Um, it's a pretty rural community, so I literally teach in the middle of a cornfield.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So lots of outdoor opportunities there, perhaps. Caitlin, we're going to start by talking about a low moment that you faced in your teaching or, or education career. So describe that for us and then explain how you got through it.
1: Okay. I I just have to say, as a fan of the podcast, I love that you asked this question because I feel like when I listen uh, to other people's responses, I can identify with them so much, um, which is fantastic. But uh, personally, uh, my first year teaching was difficult, just like so many other people uh, have experienced. But I struggled a lot with one of my very 1st coworkers and someone who was kind of like a mentor to me. So you're just trying to kind of stay afloat during that first year and just get through it and do everything you possibly can. And even more than that, you really want to fit in with your colleagues and your teammates and you want to feel like you're bringing something to the table and you're offering something. And this particular colleague was a veteran teacher and openly let me know that I really shouldn't be talking in meetings and I should, I should just be sitting there quietly listening to what, the, what other people have to say because I wasn't coming across very well. He, he felt that I was coming across in a very negative way and that I really just needed to leave the conversation to to the pros, oh to the goodness. people that have been there for a while. <laughs> Which, yeah, I know it really stung, especially like when I was sitting there thinking that what I was offering was was the best I could offer at the time and to have it shot down when you're still brand new to the profession and still so excited was so, so like just mind-boggling to me, like I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and so it really led into me second guessing myself a lot and clamming up in meetings and really not sharing much with my coworkers. No kidding. And yeah, and it was it was really unfortunate because I actually turned down opportunities to present for our district because I was afraid of how I would sound. Um, so overcoming that was really difficult, uh, especially being so new to the profession and not really having like a solid group of coworkers that I could rely on. Um, and I actually nearly accepted a job outside of education with a financial advisory firm. But uh, then I came to find out that I'm really not interested in that. <laughs> So thankfully, thankfully for that, but um, after two years of being there, I, I went and talked to our principal and actually requested a move to an open middle school position that we had. Uh, Within the district. And it was the best thing that happened. Um, I really loved middle school. And so when this position opened up, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really I want to go for that. Um, And I was then put on this amazing team with an absolutely fantastic mentor. She's the most amazing person I could have asked for in that position. Mm. Um, She totally guided me, encouraged me, valued the input that I had, offered advice when I needed it and actually like supported me in sharing in meetings and told me like, "Hey, we really want to hear what you think. It's important that you share with us." And it was just amazing to go from one side of the coin to the other and have such a difference and I'm so thankful To have had that. But at the same time, like without the challenging experience that I started with, I don't know that I would have appreciated our culture in our middle school and what it is as much as I do right now. Um, So, I mean, and I guess walking away from this, too, I've really seen the power of mentoring for our new teachers and Mm -hmm. just how important it is to value and support them in the beginning of their career because it really makes a difference. It it certainly did for me. And I definitely think that's true for others. Um, so I'm actually excited this year. I get to work uh, really closely with two new people on our team. And I'm so thrilled to be able to kind of welcome them in and do what my mentor in my second position did for me.
0: I love that, Caitlin. I, I think you've you've put that really well. And you know, I, I'm just I'm so sad when I hear that story and I think of all the the rookie teachers out there that come in bright-eyed and maybe not always bushy-tailed, but optimistic and full of imagination and opportunity. And the rea- I guess the unfortunate reality is that there are trolls in every staff room, or, or actually, that's not true. Let's say there are trolls in some staff rooms, and you know we just have to sort of be aware and, and make sure we're not... I guess, playing the the role of that troll, right, that that nearly squashed your your joy and and did sort of take you back from the table for a couple of years. But I, I hear that story sometimes about, you know, when you're you're in one environment, uh, sometimes it is really everything you need just to move to that that new environment and start fresh and, and find some supportive mentors. So I, I really like how that's worked out for you. Caitlin, what is it that excites you about education today? You talked about loving middle schoolers, and I know sixth graders are a pretty cool age. What is it that is really lighting your fire for education?
1: Oh man, sixth graders are the best. I have to say, they're like the perfect mix of middle school, but not quite so sassy yet. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um. But in education right now, it's it's such a hard question to answer because there's so much to be excited about, um. And there's so many things going on. But, um, if I really have to sit and reflect on it, there's two things that I'm really really excited about. Um, one is the direction that uh, we're going. To towards more of that student-directed or personalized learning, I think it's so important that we're doing this right now. Um, Our students have a voice and they should be involved in their education and what they're learning and how they're learning it because we need to support that in them and help them realize what, what it is that they're good at, what their strengths are, what they love, what they're passionate about. And if we involve them in the process of their own education, we're empowering them to be successful in their futures. I heard something the other day, and I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was this, this quote about how we, we expect students and have expected students to come in and sit down and be quiet and wait for directions. And every day, it's, it's that compliance message of come in, sit down, and wait for directions and then when they're 18 years old and they're going out into the, into the world and expected to figure it out on their own, we ask ourselves, well, why aren't they, why aren't they doing anything? Well, they're waiting for directions. <laughs> they've, they've been told to wait for directions. Yeah. So it's, it's that empowerment of, okay, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this today? Like, what can I do to support you? And kind of leaving it to them and giving them that that voice in our classroom and that choice. It's so exciting to see what they can do. And they really do just take it and run with it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote about that uh, in my blog on Curriculum Coffee about what really happens when we give our students choice and voice in the classroom. And I was so nervous to do it at first to really just let my kids kind of take over and see what they would do if I gave them something more open-ended. And oh my goodness, it was amazing what they came up with and and the result of of that freedom. The conversations that they were having uh, during this literature circle unit on culture that we did were just – I was floored. I had an administrator come in and I'm like, you have to listen to this. It's incredible what they're talking about and just giving them the room to have that conversation and not providing so much structure and allowing them to kind of direct themselves I would not have gotten that result had I given them five discussion questions they had to cover. So it was, I just, that is one of the things I'm just so excited about right now. Um, And then the other one would actually be the way that we teach writing. So I just finished my master's and throughout that process, I started doing a lot of uh, research and a lot of writing about the way that we teach writing and what research is out there. And I was actually surprised because there's not a ton of research on writing instruction. There's a lot of different suggestions, and there is some really good stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. Steve Graham is amazing and has some great resources. But there really is like a lack of research-based curricula out there that really shows us, okay, here's what we need to do in our classrooms to help our students become writers and feel comfortable writing. Um, it's it's hard. Writing is hard. That's just the fact of the matter. And it's even harder to teach because it's difficult to quantify that skill and to know what it's going to work because it's so personal to every student and to every person. So it's it's difficult to kind of figure out what to do with that. So it's something that I'm still kind of toying with and looking for different, different resources and everything like that. But I definitely think we need to start kind of widening our our research base out there with this.
0: Well, Caitlin, man, I, I just want to go in so many different directions right now with everything you just <laughs> talked about there. So just to summarize again, the 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 first part was the student-directed personalized learning. Movement, let's call it, that is happening in education right now. And then the second one, I'd love to talk further about writing as well. Going back to the first one, are you familiar with Trevor McKenzie and the, the inquiry mindset stuff that is coming out right now?
1: I am. I am. I actually just bought one of the books.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's doing some cool stuff and it's like, I haven't really jumped in with both feet yet, but I want to, and I want to sort of start to take some baby steps in that direction. I've had so many great guests who talk about genius hour. And again, it all comes back to this idea of, you know, allowing student interest and passion to fuel their learning, allowing them to take ownership. Right. So absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: You're uh, you're preaching to the choir there. I was just talking actually with a parent on a camping trip of all things, but uh, a parent who was talking to me about, you know, just making the case for homeschooling and the idea that, you know, the classroom in the traditional school doesn't make way for individual interests and passions and learning. And I said, you know, uh, nothing against homeschool. I mean, some people are going to go that route and that's fine. But the, the encouraging thing is that this, the modern school is changing quickly, and we're sort of moving in this direction, as you put it, about allowing students to really own and to direct their learning, and so very, very exciting stuff. I'm going to have to leave the writing for a while, but yeah, that's so cool that you did your master's study on writing as well, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Did you do a thesis, by the way?
1: I actually didn't, and I'm regretting that now because I wanted to go so much further than I yeah. did um, with that particular area. So I'm, I'm regretting that a little bit, but Hey, there, there's always a doctoral degree, you know,
0: that's right. That's right. <laughs> there's still, there's still a book on the horizon, I think coming out of. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, outside of education, let's talk about another area of passion and learning for you, something outside of the classroom that really fuels your fire as a person.
1: That's such a hard question because so much of what we do, it goes back to education. Um, So recently, I have kind of rediscovered the love of writing that I have now. And it's interesting because I always focused so much on being correct in my writing and meeting all the requirements that my teachers had set out for me it was always very academic like what do i need to do to get an a um and so kind of going into i had a professor that encouraged me to start a blog and so i i started curriculum coffee and i i just really found that writing is almost therapeutic in a way where you can just get your ideas out and synthesize them in a way that other people can then have some access to it you can share and it's so reflective there's there's a huge piece of reflection there that's just untapped when you're only doing it like mentally or in conversations with other people when you really have to sit down and write it out and try to communicate it in words it it becomes just so much deeper uh, and I just I found that I just absolutely love it in a way that I never thought i I would before, um, which I mean, it's totally related to education because everything I write about is education based. <laughs> but hey, um, you know, I still like doing it. but uh, other than that, I would say, uh, I'm pretty creative. so i I love painting and drawing, and I haven't had as much time to do that lately, but, when i do it's just it's so relaxing and i i really do enjoy kind of sitting down and creating something so it's fun
0: very very cool well i i feel like a, again a bit of a kindred spirit not maybe not so much on the painting and drawing <laughs> side but uh, although yeah i'm i'm just going to be honest that's not really happening around here but i will say on on the <laughs> writing side I love how you put that. I mean, when we're when we're wrestling with something or an idea, or we've had something buzzing around for a week, you know, there's nothing like actually putting pen to paper, or I guess keys to keys to screen is that the modern equivalent, and and just parsing parsing the 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 words and putting it all, structuring your thoughts, and it's always a cathartic, a, a therapeutic experience. So, just a quick plug. I, I know I, I've got some some bloggers uh, listening. And if you are a writer like Caitlin, check out medium.com as well. Kind of an exciting new platform for blogging. And, you know, something I'm looking at is doing some writing there and then, you can always uh, copy posts over to your your WordPress uh, blog as well. I think yours is on WordPress. Is that right?
1: Yeah, mine's on WordPress. I do love Medium for reading, okay. though. It's it's got such a great reading interface to it that I enjoy. I enjoy that site quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, teachers are always looking for ways to add a little bit of extra income, and so I like the I like the model there that pays you based on engagement. And again, it doesn't mean you have to scrap your WordPress blog. And in your case, Caitlin, you got a phenomenal domain, by the way. Anything with coffee (laughs) in it is going to work for educators. So good on you there. (laughs) Let's move on. Talk about, Caitlin, talk about a personal habit that contributes to your success in some way. And this doesn't have to be edgy related, although I feel like maybe maybe it will be in your case.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I I have like two really consistent habits that I definitely think uh, contribute to my successes. And one of them is Definitely edge related, and one of them not so much. So, okay. um, I definitely I take time out of my week to go to the gym, and it sounds it c- it kind of sounds weird, but an hour every day where I'm not answering emails from students or on my phone and. Tweeting and just kind of taking the time to like step back a little bit and unplug and focus on myself and achieving some of the personal goals that I've set mm-hmm. is it, it's a way to set it's a way that I kind of like center myself and decrease my stress and then I can go back to some of those emails and responding and being on Twitter and everything like that with kind of a fresh a fresh mindset and it's it's nice to kind of reset yourself every day for one hour and just take it take it for you um so that's that's my more personal one. And then as far as like edge related, the biggest contributor to my classroom is staying current with Kid Lit. I am constantly reading books and then buying new books for my kids. And every time I get a new book, I read it and then I put it out of my library mm-hmm. because it it allows me to talk to my kids really authentically and in such a real way about literature. And make connections with them based on what we've read, what we enjoyed, what we didn't like, what characters that we related to and everything like that. And it really helps create that like classroom literature community because I'm a part of it then. And I can like actively have those conversations with kids. And especially when I get those, uh, those readers, both the avid readers and my struggling readers, I can recommend books because I know the books. I've read them. And it's honestly, it's been a huge change, like game changer in my classroom to be able to know what they're reading and know what's popular and talk to them about it.
0: So good. So good. I can only, (laughs) I, I can only tip my hat in admiration. That's amazing how you find the time to, to sort of keep up with them. But I think that's phenomenal and you're right to be able to Point a student to a book that is is suited uniquely to them and to their interests and their reading level. That's a dream. So good on you. We're going to move into some rapid fire recommendations, Caitlin. So let's start at Twitter, every teacher's base for a solid PLN. Tell us who we need to be following there.
1: Oh my gosh, I love Twitter. Um, Cornelius Minor, he is incredible. Uh the content he posts is inspirational. He it's thought provoking and he he's so down to earth and so real that it's just you have to follow him. You have to see what he's putting out there. It's amazing.
0: Okay, sold. Next point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your classroom with those sixth graders.
1: Oh, Flipgrid! Oh my goodness! So Flipgrid, I heard about uh, probably a year and a half ago, and we used it in one of my classes, and we all thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I brought it into my my classroom with my students, and you can post these questions or topics, and students get to like video record themselves right. answering those questions, and then they can respond to one another, and they just get so into it, like. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a sixth grader thing, but they get so excited about it. That selfie feature at the end is like their favorite thing ever. It just so it really does increase engagement. I love it.
0: I I think, you know, for any teachers who've been under a rock all summer, Flipgrid is now free now that Microsoft has taken it over. And you watch this year. I mean, last year we I think we had flipgrid Fever sort of sweeping across yes, you know, the <laughs> continent. But man, look out now, right? I think it's going to be in every class.
1: Oh, seriously. Well and you can collaborate with other classes too. Uh, we collaborated last year with some first graders in our district and my students were able to have like little conversations with them about our learner profiles, which is one of the pieces of personalized learning that we're doing district wide. Um, and they were able to talk to this these first graders and it was just so cool to see them interact in that way. And I just, I look forward to all the partnerships that you can do on it now. It's such a cool tool.
0: That's awesome. I feel like the sixth graders would, they're not quite at that stage where they're too cool for school or, or maybe struggling with self image. I mean, they, they just jump in and, and record no problem. Is that right?
1: Yeah, totally. They don't kind of hit that (laughs) like, I'm too cool thing until about March. So (laughs) we capitalize on it while we can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good plan. Next, Caitlin, you've told us that you're a reader and you're reading a lot of kid lit is there one that you can recommend lately it doesn't have to be kid lit obviously but children children's literature but is there a book that you've been reading maybe this summer or one of your all-time faves that you'd love to share
1: oh for sure so kid lit wise i just finished reading ghost boys and that book was was awesome it really approaches the topic of um of gun violence and uh and different issues that are so prevalent in our society and it does it in a way that's relatable to kids and that will kind of help them maybe make sense of some of the things that they hear about in the news. So as far as uh, as lit goes, that's definitely one that I would I would recommend reading. And then uh, Being the Change by Sarah Ahmed uh, is full of resources to help students consider their own identities and social, uh, social comprehension. It's absolutely incredible. I'm in the middle of it right now. I haven't even finished it yet, but – it's that good that I'm like, oh my gosh! Everyone needs to read this. It's so important to consider this and to to really start incorporating some of this into our classrooms and being really aware and cognizant of the things that we even we're doing unconsciously. It's it's amazing.
0: All right, we'll definitely check that one out. And you can find all of the links to the resources that. Caitlin has mentioned here on the, on the website at teachersonfire.net. So thank you again for sharing those Caitlin last question. And again, we're pulling back the curtains on who you are as a person, maybe outside of the classroom, but (laughs) when you're at the end of your day and you have no energy left for anything productive or any kid lit books what are you watching on netflix right now
1: okay i'm rewatching the office oh, yeah. for probably like the fifth <laughs> time um it's my favorite show and i i found out like My husband had never watched the whole thing all the way through. And I was like, oh, my God, we have to sit down and watch this right now. So that's what I've got going on right now.
0: (laughs) It's such an interesting show, and it does get so many votes. I don't know if it's uniquely teachers or just the general public, but it's such a lovable show. And it's unique, I think, in that, you know, the divide between the Michael and the post Michael period. It feels a little different, doesn't it? It's just a a different show, but still awesome. So. (laughs) I love how those those mini quotes and moments uh, have basically become iconic and just entered popular conversation where you can just drop a reference and everyone knows what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Caitlin, what are the best ways for listeners to follow you online and get more of that great content?
1: So, on Twitter, uh, my handle is mrs underscore Giordano. I'm always on Twitter. Um, and then my blog, curriculumcoffee.com. I try to keep up with it and write as much as possible, post resources and everything like that. Um, and Instagram as well. I have an Instagram also at curriculumcoffee.
0: Well, that sounds good. I'm a follower at curriculumcoffee.com. Look forward to your posts throughout the year. And speaking of that, just want to wish you a wonderful school year, Caitlin.
1: Thanks. You too.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teachers on Fire, where teachers come to share, learn, and be inspired. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Teachers on Fire. I'm your host, Tim Kavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.